0: i <laughs> you
1: stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop we declare that today even when I don't see it your work even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working over our feelings today we take authority over our feelings today even when
0: even when i don't see it you working even when I don't feel it stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, even when I don't see that you work. the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, sing it out today.
2: Your mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. As we're singing that song, I was thinking about the footprints of the sand stories. Anybody ever heard that one, seen the poem, the little thing? And I was thinking about all the words of that song, the miracle worker, and does all those things that even when we can't see him, he's working. And, you know, I, I just want to say... Tell that, uh, about that story, in case somebody hasn't heard that. There was a man that died, and he went to heaven. Jesus showed him his life <clears throat> in a picture, and it was the beach. And there was two set of footprints, and Jesus said, That you walking with me. I was walking with you all the way through life. And then there was one set of prints, and the man said, Lord, if you were walking with me, how come at the <clears throat> at the roughest times of my life, there's only one set of prints? Where were you? Yours, that was mine, I've just carried you through those times. Amen. And so we've got to always remember that Jesus doesn't work by feelings, He works by faith. It's faith knowing that if his word says it, that's the way it is. He said, I'd never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with us. And I want to get I want to give a couple verses here before I get to the message from Psalm 63. And the Lord gave this to me this morning, it's for some of you, <clears throat> and it might even be for all of you. And for people out there watching us, this, this'll be for you. But Psalm sixty-three, verse three and verse four, I want I want to give you a chance to get there and look at it. And way back in early nineteen eighty, I was going through a really rough time of life. There was nothing in the natural I could do but what I was facing. At that point in time, I was, I was a new Christian, and there was people that weren't spirit-filled people with the denominational churches that didn't believe in raising up their hands. You know, they said, they said that church you're going to, said they're a cult because they raised their hands. Said no place in the Bible to say raise your hands. Well, I was a new, I was a new Christian. I just knew the church that God hooked me up with, they raised their hands. And the Spirit of God was there. And people were getting blessed. Yet other people that were saved people, but they weren't Holy Ghost-filled people. They, their church didn't do that, so they thought because their church didn't do it, it was wrong for somebody else to do it. But how many know that the Bible's the Bible, and there's parts of it that all of us don't know about yet? But the parts we know about, that's what we've got to do. When we know it's the Word of God, we live with it, and we go with it. But anyway, I was, I was facing a really hard time of persecution and crisis. As a new Christian, people were coming against me, and I remember I went back to my little apartment I lived in, and I got down on the floor. It was late at night. It may have been the wee hours of the morning. And I remember I was on my face. I was single. And I, I was crying my eyes out to Jesus because of what was going on, because I knew I was on the right road, and I knew that people were not telling me the truth about things. And he just spoke this to my heart and opened up to it. Psalm 63, verse 3 and 4. It says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. That immediately blessed me. I thought, wow, it doesn't make any difference what people are saying, what they're doing. Because you're better than anything on this earth, I'm going to praise you anyway. Amen. And so then he said, thus will I bless thee while I live. And this here really lit my fire. I will lift up my hands in thy name. I will lift up my hands in thy name. When I saw that, that I knew that those people were trying to tell me it was wrong to raise your hands up in church, I thought, glory to God, the Bible says, I lift up my hands in the name of Jesus. And so ever since that day, I have been very free no matter where I'm at. If I'm driving my car down the street and I feel like praising the Lord, I don't take my eyes off the road, I don't close my eyes, but I can stare for a few seconds with one hand if I want to. I say, Jesus, I just want to praise you. I praise you for safety. I praise you for protection. I praise you because you're good, Jesus. Amen? And I might be walking through the store. And man just might just might, just might have the Spirit of God rise at me, thinking about His goodness, and go up down the aisle. I don't care who's watching. I say, Jesus, I love you. I just praise you, Jesus, because you're good. And I don't care who's watching or what they're thinking, because I know it's my heart and my expression to the one that saved me, to the one that healed me, to the one that protects my family what supplies all of my needs and so I just raise my hands and praise him and if you're not somebody who likes to raise your hands that's okay too, you can praise him with your mouth but I just like to raise my hands as a way I express myself that is totally Bible, amen? Amen, that help anybody you need to see that, amen, give the Lord praise glory to God I am so glad that heaven's real I'm so glad to know that Jesus is real and, you know, I think about the current, the current crisis on earth, is doesn't affect heaven at all. Heaven changes earth when we let heaven work through us to change earth. And that's the kind of thing we want to talk about today. Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I know that this current thing going around is called the COVID-19. President Trump calls it the China virus. And there's all kinds of names on it, but I, there's no such thing as a heavenly virus. There's no, there's no heavenly COVID or COVID, whatever you want to call it. It's not in heaven. Jesus said, "Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." He said, "The kingdom of God's within us," and so because the kingdom of God's in us, and there's no flus, no Hong Kong flus, no German measles. I think about those names. People get mad about names. They've always put names from places on, on diseases, and so it doesn't make any difference what you call it. It is from the devil. It's not from heaven. And because I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, I refuse any COVIDs, whether China, Hong Kong, whatever else they would be, I refuse them the right to operate in my family, in my life, amen? Because Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I believe the will of God for my house, because my house is my garden of Eden. And I'm the Adam to protect my garden. I believe in the name of Jesus. My house is covered by the blood of Jesus, protected from those things, and my city is too. How many believe that your city's protected? Amen. Amen. You know, and I, I like, years ago I heard somebody, see we're called word of faith people, somebody about word of faith said they're name it and claim it. That's right. The Bible calls it, we name it, we claim it. Healing's mine. Salvation for my family's mine. Prosperity's mine. The love of God's mind. These things the Bible says is mine, but I'm going to name it and claim it. I'm going to grab it and blab it. And then on the other side of that coin, if you doubt it, do without it. Amen. Your words have everything to do with what you receive from God. And so today we're going to look about why we do the Barstow Faith Confession. Has anybody ever stopped and thought about that confession? We do. We're used to those things all the time. And I know there's a lot of people... In Barstow now, they're starting to do that too. As a matter of fact, we got t-shirts that, uh, people have ordered and people have bought that they came in today, right? And so you pick up your t-shirts later on. But the thing is, this is becoming something that's kind of popular because people don't like what's trying to happen to their city. It happened around the world. But we want to look at the why from the Bible. I'm a word of faith preacher. And faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so I preach faith. Because the Bible preaches faith. I teach faith from the Word of God because the Bible teaches faith from the Word of God. And so anything that takes place in my church, I want to make sure the people that are hooked up with the church and what we're doing know from the Bible why we're doing what we're doing so they can have faith to do it. So I want to look at Psalms 127, verse 1. Kind of weak. Psalms 127, verse 1. I'm going to say say this again. I've said it before. Jesus is the living word. The Bible's the written word to reveal to us the living word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And our excitement for the word of God is showing our excitement for Jesus. And so we have to know this. Whatever a man or a woman, someone's teaching the word of God, then we have to look past them and see the Jesus in the Word that's coming through them, and just receive it as we would if Jesus were talking. Amen? I am not Jesus. I've not put myself up on the level of Jesus at all. But I'm saying when we're anointed of Him and gifted to Him to teach His Word, if you'll receive it not as the Word of man, but as the Word of Jesus, it'll change your life. And so based upon that, I want to say this again. Jesus said in Psalms 127, verse 1, All right, and we're talking about why we do the Barstow Faith Confession. It says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And I'll tell you what I heard Brother Hagen teach on that at minister's conference back in uh, April of 1981 down at John Olstein's church was this. He was talking to preachers and missionaries and pastors, and he said, there's a lot of things that are good things, but they may not be God things for your ministry. As I said, if you're wanting to do something in a ministry because somebody else did it, or you think it's a good thing to do because it worked for them, so except the Lord's in it, you're laboring in vain. You can have an outreach. You can have a conference. You can have a concert. Lots of good things that God lays on the hearts of lots of good preachers to do, but if it's not God's plan for your ministry... If it's not God's plan for your life, you can labor. But the Bible says your labor is in vain. And I know as a pastor over the last 40 years, there's there's different times. I've done different things. I thought, man, this is going to be great. And it fizzled. And the reason it fizzled, it was a good thing. <clears throat> it was scriptural. But it wasn't God's plan for that time. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just giving this to you, that first part of the verse, for your life. There may be things... That you're wanting to do, that seemed like a good thing to do. They're scriptural, in line with the Word of God, but they won't be anointed if God didn't tell you to do it. Amen. Can you see that? He said your labor's in vain. You can labor, and ministry is labor. But I'll tell you what, it's rewarding labor when you get results. It's rewarding labor when people are saved, when people are delivered, people are healed, Families are restored and great things happen and Jesus gets the glory, then you don't care how much work it took, how much money it took, it's worth it all. But when you get out there and you work and you work and you work and you sweat and you toil and you spend money and nothing happens, it's vain. But then here's what we're getting to about our Barstow faith exception, confession. Except the Lord keep the city or guard the city, is Barstow a city? Is our faith confessional about our city? Except the Lord keep the city or guard the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And so we have to always remember we're in a spiritual warfare. How many know that? We are absolutely in a spiritual warfare. I want to give you a couple of verses to write down. These aren't on the in the outline, but write these down. John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. And in John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief cometh not, but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus said, But I've come that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. And so I want to think about our nation for a minute. The world. Is COVID-19 life more abundantly? Is that stealing, killing, and destroying? Okay, so where's that coming from? Is it coming from God? Or is it coming from the devil, the thief? Okay, that's still and killing, destroying, and and all the natural things that we do are good, but unless God's in it, they're not going to be one hundred percent effective. When God's in something, it's one hundred percent effective. Amen. God never fails. Amen. His promises always come to pass. And then Ephesians six twelve. Write Ephesians six twelve down. We're talking about spiritual warfare. Ephesians six twelve says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. And so, this anarchy going around, that's not a natural thing. That's a demonic attack on America. That's a demonic attack on our country. It says, except the Lord guard the city, even guard the country, we do things in vain. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And because because we're in a spiritual warfare, without God's help, we'll never be safe. Amen. And you know, I'm talking about our city right now. And what I found out about spiritual things, I, myself can keep my family blessed because we're going to stay under the anointing. We're going to stay under the cover of God, but I can't keep the city blessed. That's up to the city, but it's up to the Christians of the city. We as Christians together could do something about protecting our city from plagues. Amen. Protecting our city from anarchy. For people showing up and saying, we're going to burn down your courthouse. We're going to attack your police department. We're going to destroy what you Barstow love. We're, go- we're, go- we're going to destroy this place. Well, that's spiritual warfare. As it says, except the Lord guard the city. Well, you know what? It must be possible for the Lord to guard the city or he wouldn't say that. How many believe that? You know, I think about, I was thinking this morning when I was praying about Barstow. I've been here 15 years. Matter of fact, last week was 15 years I've been in Barstow. And the 15 years been here, I could think of at least twice. Where the things that's hit America is some of the, I don't know what to call it, except, except, except the uh, racial things. Tried to hit Barstow twice, I know of, and many other things have tried to hit. But I know that the Christians in Barstow, standing in faith, stopped those attacks. Amen. I know one time there's things tried to stir up here but things were happening four or five years ago. And national cameras come to Barstow because they thought, oh boy, we're going to have some racial rights in Barstow. Guess what? It fizzled out in one day. They packed up their gear and they went back to wherever they came from because we said, devil in the name of Jesus. You're not having Barstow, California. Barstow, California is a Jesus city. There's Jesus people live here. We're not letting you in. We bind you in Jesus' name. We didn't get out there and protest. We didn't get out there and hold up signs. We got on our knees and we talked to heaven. And he, he who never sleeps nor slumbers, blessed Barstow, California. And you know, we're going to look at some things today that's really going to help us to see how this works from the Bible. So I want to say this again, without God's help, we'll never be safe. But the good news is, he tells us in the Bible his guarantee of how to live under his safety and his protection in a city. His safety, his protection in a city. I want to look at Proverbs 11, 11 of the Message Bible. This is our theme verse at High Desert Word Center for 2020. Proverbs 11, 11 of the Message Bible says, when right living people bless the city, right living people are number one, born again people. There's a lot of good moral people that aren't born again, but he's talking to believers right now. But right-living people, they're righteous by the blood of Jesus. They believe that Jesus died for their sins. He was raised from the dead. He's the right hand of the Father. And he's the one that forgives. He's the one that gives life. And then as Christians, he didn't say with perfect people. He said right-living people. Because the only one that was ever perfect was Jesus Christ, and they killed him. But then he was raised from the dead. And as our substitute what he did made us righteous in our hearts, and because Jesus is a righteous one, we follow him. If we mess up, if we if we mess up and we miss it, if we fall into sin, and it's not our lifestyle, but because this earth we live on, sometimes things happen. When we confess our sins, according to First John one nine, it says he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us. So he said, with right living people, that's people that make that make it their life their life practice. They're going to try to keep a clean conscience with God every day. A clean conscience with man and do what's right. So he says, when right-living people, when believers, bless the city, it flourishes. How many believe the Bible? He says, when believers bless the city, it flourishes. Evil talk turns it into a ghost town in no time. Evil talk. And so he says, when right-living people bless it, And so as I was looking at that verse this morning again, thinking about this, our theme verse, and then he, he, for the blessing, then he goes to evil talk. Well, to say blessed, he must be talking about talking because he equates that with evil talk. So it must be blessed talk and evil talk. Doesn't that make sense? He says, would right-living people bless the city? How many, if somebody sneezes, you go, God bless you? How many, sometimes when you're telling goodbye to somebody, say, God bless you, have a blessed trip? That's words out of her mouth. But I want to give you another verse. Matter of fact, look at this verse. Look at James chapter 3, verse 10. James chapter 3, verse 10. Because when I was looking at this verse again this morning and thinking about it, I thought, to me, this is so obvious. You talk about what we speak and what we say. There's got to be other verses to talk about that. I immediately thought about James 3, verse 10. And he's talking to Christians. What are we looking at, mom? It's nice. (laughs) James 3 verse 10. Another really good verse telling us why this faith confession is so important. He's talking to Christians and why Christians need to control their mouth. He said, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. And he's not talking about cuss words. He's talking about speaking negative words, words of doubt, words that hurt things, don't help things. He said, proceed blessing and curse, proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. And so what he's saying there that we as believers, Need to watch what we say. You know, I'll never forget. Hey, Pastor Dave, grab this for me. There you go. I remember when I first came to Barstow in 2005. <clears throat> of course, I didn't know anybody. All I met was church people because I didn't know anybody. I was a new person visiting Barstow. First stupid things I hear. Barstow is the meth capital of the world. I thought, man, how does a little place have stuff like that? Barstow, where they drop off all the trash people. About all I heard from Christians was all that stupid, dumb stuff about Barstow. And all I could think was, God sent me to Barstow to be a pastor, and this is what I get to work with? No wonder Barstow, if it were messed up, would be messed up. Because when Christians can say, God bless you in church, and then put... Curses, negative things, out of their mouth, on their city, all day long with everybody else, then no wonder it would be a ghost town in no time. Could that possibly be, just a thought thinking out loud right now, could that possibly be why when I came here we had so many stores closed down, had so many empty shopping centers and things, because people were putting words out of their mouth all the time cursing their city? There's places I saw in Barstow when I came that used to be big stores. They weren't here anymore. I mean, I believe the Bible myself. The Bible says when right-living people bless a city, it flourishes. It says but when the evil words speak over the city, it turns into a ghost town. Well, I'm ready for Barstow. It's been doing great the last 15 years as far as I can tell. getting better and better. But I believe... Because this is where God has me living, my family living, where he assigns me to preach Jesus at, that Barstow's getting better and better and better and better. I believe that Barstow can be our garden of Eden on earth. Barstow can be a place where Jesus is Lord. Amen. And evil people think about coming into Barstow to stir up stuff. They get to the city limits. And just like we see in the Bible, they may not see Him. But be angels standing around. Stop them at the city limits. Say, no, you can't come in here. Amen. I believe with the blood of Jesus, a bloodline pleaded, the blood of Jesus over this city, viruses and bad things try to hit, and they hit the bloodline and they stop. I believe that. I believe that our schools, I believe that our schools in Barstow can be the safest at best places in all the country for children to go to school at. Amen. What am, what am I doing? I'm talking by the Spirit of God within me about the place that God has me to live. He said that, brethren, blessings and curses should not proceed out of your mouth. I would never, when I was a Christian truck driver, and other people wanted to put curses on my job where I worked at, I'd never say, this is a horrible place to work. I'd never say, this is the meanest bosses. I'd never say this is the crookedest people there ever was. People talk bad about my company. Even if I saw bad things going on, I would take them to the Lord in prayer. I would say, Jesus, this is where you've got me working at. And I tithe 10% off my paycheck every time. And Lord, if this place goes under, my tithe goes down. And so I want to thank you. Your blessing is on my company. There's no way I can do that in my prayer closet. And then join all the garbage talk about the bosses, about the company, what a crooked place it was, what a horrible place it was. Why did God ever put me here? Wish to God I was back in Egypt. I'd never talk that way. I've learned from the Bible, my words control my atmosphere around me. My words control things. And God's watching my words, whether it's in words in prayer or words when I get around garbage talking to fellow employees or church members or whoever, or whoever else. Amen, amen, and see God is wanting to get our attention today from the Bible, why our words have effect, and why our words have power and change things. How many love the Bible? Amen, amen. well, that's what we're looking at. Go ahead and clap, and so this proverbs eleven eleven I want to read this one more time. When right living people bless the city, that 's how they talk about the city. God said it flourishes. Evil talk. Negative talk. Even if it's true, negative talk will destroy your city. Faith doesn't deny things. Faith changes things. We change how we talk and we change what we get. Amen? Okay. And so this is our theme verse for 2020. I started the tradition several years ago because my pastor, Dr. Mark T. Barclay <clears throat> has had a theme verse for his church of ministry, as long, long as I can remember, and several years ago, I thought, man, I want to start doing that for our church. I want to put something out there every year that we can preach about all year. We can think about, our people get in their hearts, something to rally around for our church. So we've had a theme verse for several years. And I've always sought the Lord in the fall of the previous year for the verse for the coming year. And uh, for our church family to hook up with, and we even put it on our church wall calendars that we give out at Christmas time before the New Year starts. So we always seek God in the fall time, sometimes the summertime, but the year before we start praying and asking him, Lord, what is it you want to speak to our church next year? What verse, Lord, do you want us to focus on? What do you want us to major on? And you remember last year, our, our verse was in Hebrews 10:25, but not forsaking coming to church. How important it was to come to church. That was last year's theme. But this year, as we've been shifting pastoring from Mrs. Pastor and I more to Pastor Dave and Katie, and haven't they been doing an awesome job? Amen. Amen. Give them a hand. As we've been shifting last fall, last fall, as Mrs. Pastor and I were, matter of fact, we we're up at Big Bear, Big Bear ourselves seeking God for the ministry for this coming year and Pastor Dave came up I told Pastor Dave, I said, Pastor Dave, we've been shifting this to you guys for a while. I said, you need to see what the theme verse is for 2020. This was last fall, about October, November. And so last fall, I asked Pastor Dave to find out from the Lord what the theme verse was for 2020 for the church. Wow! Did he ever find out accurately? Did he ever find out accurately about speaking blessings over the city? And so Jesus even gave Pastor Dave a faith confession to speak over Barstow every service. This was last year. This was before COVID-19. This was before anarchy hit. This before the crisis hit America and the American cities. Pastor Dave heard in advance what God wanted this church to do for this coming year. I think that's awesome that the Holy Ghost spoke this man of God what to do to prepare. How many know that preparation time is never wasted time? Amen. And, and, you know, I think about a, a natural army, a military. How many know that the best defense is a good offense? And so we were in advance, in advance before March hit and the world got shut down, before anarchy hit and cities started getting burned up. We were already speaking over Barstow before it ever happened. The Barstow Faith Confession. Amen. We were doing that in advance. I think we're in a Spirit-led church. I think the leadership and the people of this church are led by the Holy Spirit. That we follow after Him. And so anyway, um, we and many other people in Barstow are joining with us and they're doing it too. And so praise God. Jesus gave us weapons of defense, his word, in our mouths to protect the city. We're not political officials in this, this thing, and I don't think we have any uh, authorities in the city in this church other than spiritual authority. And so just think about that. God gave us authority in the spirit to protect our police department, to protect our businesses, to protect our schools. To protect our hospital, to protect everything in our city, we have authority because we're here. And what I think about all the time as a as a word of faith believer, I think about Joshua, and I think about the people of the Old Testament. He said, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. And I think about this every place that we speak words of faith, he's given unto us. They they did it by walking, we do it by talking. That's a nugget. They got it by walking it, we get it by talking it. We've got to speak over our city. We've got to speak over our families. As anyway, let's say this Barstow Faith Confession together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. even have t-shirts at people from other churches are buy the t-shirts too because they want to wear the shirts to get the message out. That sounds to me like unity coming into this city more and more every day. And so I want to teach from the Bible now why we do faith confessions. We do faith confessions over things that matter to us like our families. How many confess the Word of God over your families? How many confess the Word of God over your job? over your finances, over your health, over everything that matters to you. If it concerns you, it concerns God. And God shows us what to do about it. That's why we do faith confession. So years ago, Jesus told me, the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. The spiritual always determines the natural. I want to look at Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. And we're looking at the why why we do faith confessions. And keeping in line with that phrase, the spiritual always determines of natural good or bad, let me give you some more verses to write down. And even when we have outlines up there like we see now, this is why it's so important to break your own pen and your own pad to write things down. In John 6.63, we're not going to look at it, I'm just going to quote him. John 6.63 at Hebrews 4.12 We're talking about the spiritual change of things. In John 6, 63, Jesus said, Your flesh profits nothing. The words, he said, that I speak are spiritual. The words I speak are spirit and they are life. And so Jesus said his words are spiritual words. They're not just natural words. You know, there's a lot of things we can say that's just talking about things that we see, things that we do. But when we speak the Word of God, we're speaking spiritual things. They have power. Hebrews 412 says the Word of God is alive and full of power. The Word of God's alive and full of power. Now, as you're taking notes, there's lots of things I'm saying that isn't, that's not on the PowerPoint up there, but I want you to write this down. I heard this probably 30, 35 years ago, it's always stuck with me, and this is some, of those verses I gave you are in line with it. Words, faith-filled words, faith-filled words spoken by believers are spiritual containers of the power of God. I want to say that again because I want you to get this. I'll say it another way. Words spoken in faith by believers are spiritual containers of the power of God. Jesus said his words are spirit and they're life. Hebrews 4.12 says the Word of God is alive and full of power. And so the way I see spiritual words is this. Just like, you know, the military has guided missiles, they send. Well, they're full of power, but it's not life-giving power. It's destructive power. And when those missiles hit a target, they blow up the target they're sent to. Faith-filled words for the power of God... Where they hit the intended target you're aiming at, they bring the life of God to it. Think about a believer. I prayed for a believer this morning. I aimed some faith-filled words at this believer's body. And what I did, those words, because they're like the word of God, by his stripes, First Peter 2.24, we were healed. Matthew 8.17, he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18 said, Lay hands on the sick in the name of Jesus, and they shall recover. Just as surely as my name is written in heaven, I know that when I spoke those words, they were full of the power of God, they were spiritual containers. They took the power of God into that physical body, and things begin to change. As a tither, as a tither, I speak tither's blessings from Malachi chapter 3, Birth is 8 through 12 over my life frequently, nearly every day. I thank God that I'm living under the open windows of heaven. His blessings on me that people can see, who the devour for me. Mrs. Pastor and I are getting ready to take a little vacation. We're going up to spend some time with Liz and Dana and Island Missionaries. Everybody knows Liz and Dana. Well, we've had this plan for a year. <clears throat> We're going up to a place. And so I decided the little old, compact SUV car I drive, only has a 10-gallon gas tank, and I don't know how long those, I heard about the wide open spaces in Montana, that part of the country, so I thought, I don't want to take a chance of driving through there and not have enough gas to get through there So we're going to rent a car. And so I rented a car from a local car place, and the best deal I saw for a car that looked like it had a big gas tank was going to be a small pickup truck, and I thought, well, that's okay, we'll drive a pickup truck. Get it for twenty-seven seventy-nine dollars a day. I thought, wow, that's a pretty good deal, twenty-seven seventy-nine. And so when we got there, they had a run on cars the last few days. They didn't have my pickup truck. So the lady brings out a great, big, giant, fancy, super duper SUV. I mean, man oh man, I feel like I'm driving a tank, an airplane. Man, on wheels, like living in a hotel on wheels. This thing is so big, so powerful, so good. And she said, do you mind driving this? I said, oh, no, I want something little. No. And then I was thinking as I walked up that car, I said, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, this is a blessing. And that woman comes walking to me. She says, you really got a good deal. I said, yeah, I don't just think that. She said, you know, we rent this every day for $150 a day. And I said, I'm still getting the deal, aren't I? She said, yeah, twenty-seven seventy-nine. I said, glory to God, thank you, Jesus. And I said that just to say this, words are spiritual containers of the power of God. Every day, I thank Him. I'm living under the open windows of heaven. His blessing's on me. Every day, those words are going out there causing good things to happen in my life. Things are happening every day. And then besides that... As I talked to this, this lady that was the manager of this place, I said, I have to mention something about being a pastor here in town. And she says, oh, and she started crying. She says, oh, I need a blessing today. said, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you crossed my path today. And I said, well, can I pray for you? So I got to pray over her, prayed a blessing on her life, and so I got blessed, and she got blessed. But what I'm telling you is this. If you don't think your words are important, Listen today, listen today, listen today. Don't just think about tithing as something preachers talk about because they want money. We don't need your money. You need your money to give your money to God so God can bless your money you have left. What's that one more time? As long as preachers are walking with God, God's going to take care of what he assigned them to do. He's going to use people to do it. At the people that's getting blessed don't want to do it, he'll find somebody else to do it, but you'll miss the blessing. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. I'll tell you what. I'm sure going to enjoy that thousand-mile drive up there, that thousand-mile drive back, sitting up high in the air, just sitting down here on the ground looking up at those big cars. Man, they're going to look up at me now. (laughs) No, that, that's that's not any kind of false pride or anything. Like that. just say God's good. He does exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, has everything to do with our words. Now Mark chapter eleven. Mark chapter eleven, verse twenty two to twenty four. Jesus tells us how faith works. It says that Jesus answers saith unto them, Have faith in God. Well, how many would agree to have the God kind of faith, the first thing you gotta do is have faith in the one that gave you the faith. Amen. Have faith in God. And the people that know more about the Greek things than what I do say that actually literally means have the God kind of faith. Use your faith like God uses His faith. How many here, how many here have a dad or a mom? And what well, if you're on earth you do? But did you ever notice, did you ever notice that I know there's a lot of goofed up families today, but in a family that's intact, did you ever notice the, the children act like the parents? We pick up the same mannerisms, the same habits, etc., cetera, et cetera. We, we We talk a lot. We talk the same. We walk the same. We usually enjoy the same things. Well, if we're a child of God and we're not a child of the devil, who should we be imitating? God. Amen. When I was a child of the devil, I imitated the devil. I was a liar. I talked mean. I didn't like anybody or anything. I never was a full-time thief, but I when I was a young kid. I did pick up stupid stuff out of the store sometimes. I remember one time, man, I was so grieved about it. I did it. Me and my grandma was going to the Baptist church, standing in line. I reached over and grabbed a pack of gum off the counter right there, stuck in my pocket. Man, oh man, oh man. I was a child of the devil. I wasn't born again yet. And so I acted like the devil even when I was with my Baptist grandma. I still act like the devil. Church didn't make me a Christian. Amen. Jesus, in my heart, changed me. Never stole anything ever again in my life. That was it. A pack, and back then, a big pack of Juicy Fruit Gum cost a nickel. I don't know what it cost now. Last time I saw years ago, it was a quarter, I think. But anyway, that's what I did. And so, if we're supposed to have the God kind of faith... Then we ought to use our faith like God used His faith. How many know how God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 1? And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let the waters cover the earth. And God said, let every seed produce after its kind. And God said, and so as you go through Genesis chapter 1, I looked at it the other day, it said, and God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. God's word were spiritual containers of his power. God's word gave us light. God's word gave us the dirt. God's word gave us the ocean. God's word gives us clouds. God's word gives us seeds. God's word creates man. God's word creates things. And so here Jesus then said, Have the God kind of faith, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall, and I circle the next word, say. He's telling us how the God kind of faith works. Whosoever shall say uh, to this mountain, and that's talking about the giants in your life, the big things in your life, the COVID-19s, maybe the lack of income because of your job things right now, maybe your family going crazy because of things going on. Whosoever shall say uh, to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, as shall not doubt in his heart. There's a difference between your head and your heart. Your head has not been born again. Your head does not have eternal life in it, your brain. That's why he said, be renewed in your mind. You've got to change your way of thinking with the word of God to think like God thinks. And so he says, we don't doubt in our heart, but shall believe that those things which he, and I circled that word, saith. He's talking about our words. Shall believe in his heart those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he, and I circled that again, saith. God talked three times about saying there, one time about believing. And so God's telling us that the believing part, for the most part, is not that hard. If you read your Bible, you believe. But then you've got to speak because your words are spiritual containers of the power of God. You've got to speak what you believe. And you've got to keep speaking what you believe. It's not a religious thing. For the buddhest of the heart, Matthew chapter 12, Jesus said, For the buddhest of the heart, the mouth speaketh. If you're speaking sickness and disease all the time, this sickness and disease is going to be a part of your life. Sickness and disease may attack but healing's greater when you speak healing from the word of God. We need to be speaking what God says. If God says lay hands on sick, they shall recover. You need to be speaking then. I've had hands laid on me in the name of Jesus and Jesus said I'm recovering. I'm going to grieve Jesus. I'm going to keep my doctor's appointment. I'm going to go to my doctor. I'm going to take medicine. He gives me whatever I have to do, but I believe while I'm doing what I know to do that Jesus is doing what I can't see and I'm getting better every day. Amen. Does that make sense to you? He said, he'll have whatsoever he saith. And then verse 24, therefore, and Jesus said, therefore, I like what Brother Hagin said. He said, whatever I said, therefore, I want to see what it's there for. Well, verse 23, he said, it has to do with what we say. He said, therefore, because you see what you say is important. Now, he said, I'm going to talk to you about praying because you've learned about your words. You've got to talk right before you pray. Therefore, because you know how to talk now, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And so he said, you've got to get the talking right first before you start getting answers to prayer on a consistent basis. And so, paraphrased, Jesus said, we will have what we say, and we will have what we pray. We'll have what we say. And we'll have what we pray when it's in agreement with his word. When it's in agreement with his word. Can you see that? He said, you got to say it, and then you got to pray it. And let me tell you why that's so important. It doesn't make any difference what kind of faith I use when I pray over you. If we have a prayer line, when we can have those again, when we get to pray for you again... It doesn't make any difference what I pray and the faith in it. If you walk out of here and you say just the opposite all the time. Amen. You walk out of here and you tell everybody, the doctor said, I've got this and I've got X amount of time to live, I'm going to die. Well, I already know that when I pray the word of God I get results because it's not my word, it's his word as for the power of God. Well, you've got a will. Did you ever hear the expression, he lost the will to live? He just don't have the will to make it. I just don't think he has the will. Well, your will starts with what you believe and what you say. And I think about Psalms 118, verse 17. You know, I I quote a lot of Bible, I hope you write it down. I don't, you know, it just comes out because it's in me so much. Psalms 118, verse 17, the psalmist said, I shall not die, but live. I declare the works of the Lord. Psalms 118, verse 17. If you've got a serious diagnosis, if I were you, I'd write it down. You know, if you're watching this at home, I'd write down Psalms 118, verse 17, and I would at least agree with the Bible that I'll not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. When I had stage 4 blood cancer, 99% blockage in my right coronary artery two years ago, I said those things all the time. I'm not going to die but live declare the works of the Lord. What am I doing right now? I'm living, and I've declared the works of the Lord. Those words had power in them that come to pass in my life. Amen. Amen. It's just getting into you. Praise God. So Jesus said, talk right, then you can pray right. And then you pray right, it's going to come to pass because you talk right. We're talking about why we do the Barstow Faith Confession. That's not just a nice thing. It's not just not another nice shirt to wear around town. Say, hey man, isn't this cute? It's not cute at all. It's the difference between life and death over this city. What the believers do about this city. Amen. Look at Hebrews chapter three, verse one. Hebrews chapter three, verse one. I've been living this way since January of 1980, and I, I can guarantee you, based upon the word of God, as results I've seen in our lives and thousands and thousands of other people's lives, the Bible's true. The Bible works, but the Bible only works for those that work it. Well, I'll give you an example. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, says, if you believe in your heart and confess your mouth that Jesus is Lord, God raised from the dead, you'll be saved. He said, for if the heart you believe unto righteousness, with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. And then he says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means on the other side of the coin, whosoever shall not call shall not be saved. And so Romans 10, 9 and 10 is for every human being on earth. But it doesn't work for every human being on earth, because every human being on earth doesn't accept it. So when you hear the word of God... And you say, I believe that, you start speaking it, you start living with it, that it starts coming to pass in your life. Amen. Words, words have everything to do with your life. Proverbs 18 21, another one, you write it down, death and life's in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Our words have everything to do with what we receive in life. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. And the book of Hebrews is primarily about the present-day ministry, present-day current ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that by now, most people, at least in this church, and a lot of Christians know that Jesus didn't just get raised from the dead and it was over with, and now he's doing nothing. book of Hebrews tells you several functions Jesus carries on today. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8 says he receives tithes. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Jesus is still an in intercession for us. He receives our tithes, but here's a very, very critical part that pertains to you and I every day. Verse 1. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, how many here know you're holy? Amen. What spirit do you have living in you? Is it the Holy Spirit or the unholy spirit? Well, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, you may not live exactly holy all the time, but the Holy Spirit in you makes you a holy person. You just got to start living up to it. Amen? Uh, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle. Now look at this. Here's one of Jesus' functions today. High priest of our profession. Jesus is the high priest He's our high priest of our profession. If you got a modern translation, it probably says confession. And so the Greek word, this word profession, is homologia. Homologia, h o m o l e g i a. Homologia, that means to say the same as. Jesus is the high priest of us. Say the same thing as God says about us. How many here, and this, the, I don't set people up, you know, I know some preachers, I don't i don't like to raise my hands at services, but I don't know the preacher because they're trying to trick you. I'm not trying to trick you. How many here are born again Christian and you know you're saved? Raise your hand if you know that. Amen. Can I talk you out of your salvation? If I said, well, how do you know you're saved? You say, I'm saved because the Bible says it." couldn't talk you out of it. So what are you doing? You're saying what God says about you. You're not saying... Well, I hope to get saved someday. I hope I make it to heaven. You're saying the same as God says. You believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. God raised him from the dead. And you said the same thing God said about you. You say out of your mouth, I'm a born-again Christian because I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for my sins. I know I'm saved. That's homologia. You're saying the same thing God says about you. God says you're saved because you received Jesus. So you say you're saved. Jesus is the high priest of your confession. So Jesus calls you his child because you received him and you're not ashamed of him. And you confess, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again child of God. Jesus is the high priest of that confession. Okay, let me throw one more at you. 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes we are healed. So when you come talking about your health, you need to start saying By Jesus' stripes, I am healed. So what's Jesus doing? He's the high priest of your confession. He's watching every word you say so he can bring it to pass. Malachi chapter 3. I'm a tither. I bring my tithe into God's storehouse. Jesus receives it. I'm living under open windows of heaven. He's rebuking the door for me. The high priest of my confession, because i have said the same thing God says about me, the high priest of my confession is causing it to come to pass. And he says, that's my son and my daughter. I don't want them driving on vacation in that little old short car. I want them to have a big, nice car. <laughs> I'm a tither. High priest of my confession is bringing it to pass. I don't say if it were for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. I changed what I say years ago. If it not for good blessings, I don't have no blessings at all. I don't have luck. I have blessings. Jesus is the high priest of my confession. You know, I've never, I've never, since I got born again in January of 1980, and I heard the value of the word of God, I've never, ever, ever, ever one time said I'm lucky. Never. I've never one time told a person, well, good luck. Luck is part of fallen man's nature. They live by luck. And basically, basically, for people apart from God, they just have the bad luck. They don't have the good luck. Every once in a while, they get to spill over blessing. But I live under the blessings. Why is that? Third John 2, Pastor Dave, a while ago, above all things, he wants us to prosper and be healthy if our soul prospers. That's called the blessing. And I say that. Very boldly, I'm a blessed man of God. Why am I blessed? Because the Bible says so. I agree with it. And my high priest is watching my words. And we're talking about the Barstow faith confession, by the way. That's what we're teaching about, why we do that. And so Jesus listens to every word that we say so he can bring to pass what we speak that is in agreement with his word. He brings to pass what we speak that's in agreement with his word. And... This is not agreeing with his word, you're getting ready to go on a trip. Well, we wish you luck. I'll say I'll break that curse in the name of Jesus. I'm not gonna have any luck on my trip. Boy, my car's not gonna break down. I'm not gonna have a wreck. I'm not gonna run into bad storms and horrible things out there. I'm not having any of that luck on mine. Don't wish me to that luck. I've traveled under the blessings of God. He said I'm blessed coming in and in Deuteronomy twenty eight said, I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out. Everything I set my hand to prospers. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in the desert. I'm blessed in the plains. Wherever I go to, I'm blessed, but I forget that luck business on me. Amen. Why do I see so many solemn faces out here? Are you guys out of the blessing or are you out of the luck? Amen. Amen. Hebrews 4, verse 14. Hebrews 4, verse 14. says, seeing then that we have, if we have something, is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? Okay, we currently have, present tense, a great high priest. We're not going to have, we do have, a great high priest that is passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Hold fast our confession. That means keep your words right. Remember James 3.10, out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings, that's not right. Speak the blessings. Have you ever heard the saying, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all? If you're around, if you're around intimidating people, and there's a lot of intimidating people that because they talk loud, they cuss a lot, they're overbearing, and they think they would overrun you. If you're too fearful, too timid, To speak up, you don't have to agree with them. Just walk away. They start telling you, "Well, what's Barstow coming to?" I I, myself, I'd say Barstow's coming to Jesus. That's what I'd say. I'd say Barstow has the glory of God. Barstow is blessed. Barstow's a great place. Well, what about all the druggies? I said, "Well, the druggies are getting saved. They're getting delivered." if they don't want it, they can go someplace else where they have drug colonies. They can have the drug college, but our city don't want them. Well, what about the gangsters? Well, the gangsters are coming to Jesus. And if they don't want to come to Jesus, they go someplace where gangers like to hang out. But in Barstow, it's a righteous city. Barstow is a blessed city. What about this and what about that? I say, well, I'll tell you what. I live in this city. My family lives in this city. We belong to Jesus. This is a Jesus city, that's the way it is. A yakety yakety yak, and just walk away from them. Doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Hold fast your confession. Look at chapter 10, verse 23. I've given you lots of ammunition about why we do, why we do the Barstow Faith Confession. By ammunition, I'm, I'm not talking about bullets for guns. I'm talking about spiritual faith ammunition for your faith to work. Hebrews ten twenty three. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. He is faithful that promised. One promise that I know we looked at this morning about a city, Psalms 127, 1, except the Lord guard the city. And so he's faithful that promised he will guard our city if we speak in life his word about our city. Is that a promise from God, said he'll guard the city? Okay, we agree with what God said. He said hold fast to that without wavering. And so this is why we as born-again Christians need to continually be speaking the blessings of God from the Bible over our lives personally, as well as the community in which we live. I want to look at... Two more places, then we'll wrap it up. If this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. Hebrews chapter 4, or not Hebrews, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. How many have ever heard of Abraham? Do you know that we're related to Abraham through Jesus Christ? Galatians 3.29 says, We're Abraham's seed when we're in Christ Jesus. But here in verse 16 and verse 17... There's there's a faith principle that God had Abraham use that works for us, too, because we're Abraham's children also. Therefore, is a the faith that it might be by grace to the end. The prophets might be sure to all the seed, that's the descendants of Abraham, not that only which is of the law, that's the Jewish people, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of who? Who's Abraham the father of? all he 's the father of the Jewish religion, but he 's also follow follow the father of Christians through christ jesus we 're not we 're not we 're not abraham 's physical seed, but we are his spiritual seed. Can you see that it says this is the New Testament, and paul said he 's the father of us all in Christ Jesus and so as our spiritual father it says Verse 17, as it is written, this is in Genesis chapter 17, God said, I've made thee a father of many nations, for him whom he believed, even God, who quickens or gives life to the life to the dead, and calleth those things that be not as though they are. Calleth those things that be not as though they are. Call those things be not as though they are. Faith doesn't deny things, faith changes things. And I've said it so many times. That faith is like the thermostat on the wall. The thermostat on the wall, if we come in here at the temperatures 90 degrees in this building, and we don't want 90, we set it down to say 75, and it's not 75 yet, but we're calling 75. And so that thermostat will change what the temperature is from 90 to 75. Call those things be not as though they were. We're calling the temperature 75. What are you doing to changing it? Well, if we change the thermostat, the thermostat now says it's going to be 75. So we're saying it's 75 in Jesus name. It's coming down. That's the same thing with everything in life. You don't call what is you call what you want from the word of God. Amen. I call myself prosperous. Why do I call myself prosperous? Because third John two, God said, I want you to prosper. And so I'm agree with what God says. All my poor years of life, which was a lot of poor years, I called myself prosperous through all those years. Praise God. Some of it finally showed up. Amen. Do you mean you're wealthy? Well, I don't know what wealthy is. I know my needs are met. I got more than enough that God tells me to bless somebody with some money. I would give them some money. I know if I need to help somebody with food, I would give them food. I know my bills are paid in abundance. I know I'm not walking. I'm not worried about filling up my gas tank. I don't just put a dollar's worth in anymore. Boy, that wouldn't go much now, would it? Man, it used to be a dollar's worth. It last me a couple of days, but man, that's been a long time ago. Wow, well, it was 29 cents a gallon, so no wonder. But anyway, what I'm saying is this, that we as believers are to call those things to be not as though they were. That's why we can speak these things over Barstow, because they're like the Word of God, and that's what we want in Barstow. Matthew twelve twenty-five, and we'll wrap it up here. Matthew twelve twenty-five. And we're talking about cities. And Jesus talked about spiritual laws, realm of the Spirit. Says that Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided. Against itself is brought to desolation. At every city, every city, what's Barstow? So could he say Barstow right here? He said every city? Then that means Barstow. Every city or house divided, so we're divided again, it, against itself shall not stand. Do you want to know why so many cities in America are burned because they got Diversity diversity is divided they're divided about what they want in the city they're divided about what kind of spiritual climate they want in the city they're divided about what they want in politics they're divided about what they want in the religious arena, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. But when you get a city that's united around faith in Jesus Christ. you get a city. That says we want peace in our city. We want blessings in our city. We want people to lead our city with integrity. We want people in our city that are for prayer. We want people in our city that want to follow God. Then he said, this city, it'll stand. Because if it's divided, it cannot stand. Jesus said that. So now do you see, have a pretty good idea why the Barstow Faith Confession has power in it. And I'm so grateful other churches And people are hooking up with us with the Barstow Faith Confession because it's not a high desert word center thing. It's a God thing right from the Bible that has power. Well, Pastor Dave, I'm going to turn this over to you. You can close it how you want to since God gave this to you and I'm hooked up with you. And I'd love to see what God's doing through my son and his family to lead this city. Amen. Amen. Awesome. What a good word we had this morning. And I always
3: need that reminder, man, about the power of our words. We can never lose sight of that. we got to use them the way that God said. Isn't that verse incredible? That when... Dad, your mic's on. Dad, whatever... (laughs) Well It says, when right-living people bless the city, it flourishes. But when evil talk turns it into a ghost town, we have got to use our words the right way. Can I get an amen today? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. Hallelujah! We want to invite you tonight to the family night. It is going to be absolutely awesome. And you know, you know, if you have little kids or not, it doesn't matter. You just come on out. But it is going to be focused at ministering to the kids. And I know a lot of the different schools, like we said, are going to be uh, starting uh, in the next week, or some have already started. And we want them to be ministered to and get the Word of God into their hearts so they're built up to take whatever comes up. Amen? Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out. Uh, Pick up your t-shirt if you ordered one, uh, Desiree, Renee are back there, they've got your t-shirts and uh, you can pay if you haven't paid yet. We do have a couple of, uh, we do have a few extras, not a lot, but if you didn't buy one and you want to grab one, we have a few extras of some select sizes, and uh, even the little kid sizes we got a few extras of. So make sure you grab one and we're going to be walking billboards to let everybody know that... Barstow was blessed. Amen. And that Jesus is Lord over Barstow. And we refuse anything less. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and speak some words of faith. And we will see you tonight. Let's say this. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Awesome. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you tonight.